What up, fanboys and fangirls and non-binaries? Welcome to another edition of The Franchise Talks, a pop culture podcast. I'm your lovely host, The Franchise, and happy second week of January of 2023. A lot of things going on. We had the Golden Globes last night. You know, Black Panther 2 won Golden Globes, and they were forgiving a rousing speech, warning everyone to stay to keep Will Swiss wipe out of people's mouths. But... With that being said, I wanted to bring out some news bits a little bit, but I think today's episode will be focused more on winter anime. Yes, I'll be talking more and more anime, guys, because that's something that I enjoy in my life. And I want to share that joy with the rest of you. But before we get to do that, I want to put up some news I actually found out this morning. Um, apparently, with Vincent Man coming back, it was announced last week, basically, that Vincent Man was returning to WWE, but more on the corporate side. Pretty much what's going on is Vince decided to come back and be voted as executive chair of the board. It looks like what it says for Stephanie McMahon and Nick Khan. Nick Khan will remain as CEO after Stephanie McMahon decides to resign from WWE to focus on her break that she originally was going to do until Vince got you know involved in that investigation into his promiscuous activities. But right now with Vince right now, the whole thing what Vince is doing right now is looking at the possibility of Mostly more is he's more on the business side of the wrestling world, basically working on possible medium right sales and possibly the sale of the company itself. But there's nothing rolling out that he's going to be taking over on the creative side that it may be seen. But as far as I know, what he says, he's leaving that side to the team. He felt he has confidence that that team will take over moving forward. That means Triple H and his team will still be running creative for Raw, SmackDown, NXT, and live event shows moving forward. But now the concern is, now that Vince is on the board, what's the case for these potential media rights or possible sale of the company? Well, there have been rumors in the past that WWE might be possibly trying to get more investors in, or the fact that just selling the company altogether to focus on other ventures. There have been many different reports, so possibly, you know, they're trying to see Peacock's interest in purchasing since... They already bought the streaming rights to WWE content, and you can find all that WWE content on Peacock. Or there was rumors about Disney possibly investing as well. Can imagine Disney owning World Wrestling Entertainment? That'd be interesting. That'd be kind of weird. But but now there's some kind of conflicting reports right now that apparently it could be some interest some somewhere in lines like you know like Saudi Arabia might be interested as well. But there's been a lot of conflicting reports, and like now I just pulled this article right now, the same. That WWE is still exploring options, and but there's some reports that rule that do not rule out that Saudi Arabia could be a potential buyer. According to this article, says there's a possibility that WWE is already remain in active talks, but simply have not laid out terms to a sale. This is uh, reported by Ariel Halawani. That WWE is still exploring all options. The potential suitors remain out there, but apparently, it says here if. Says multiple wrestlers would exit WWE if the company sold to Saudi Arabia. Because I think because based on the past that WWE has a entertainment relationship with Saudi Arabia, but we're doing shows there. But of course, there's some wrestlers that don't feel like that's like Sami Zayn, MVP, remain banned from the country due to his Syrian heritage. And says his former Muslim turned atheist, respectfully. So you might lose out on having talent if that ever happens. But in the case. That's something that a lot of wrestling fans want to keep, you know, a close eye on what the plan is moving forward. As of right now, it looks like Vince is more handling on the business side of things, not in terms of creative-wise. As for Stephanie McMahon, of course, you know, it was like, you know, a while back that she was going to leave sometimes. She was going to take break from uh, WWE for a while to focus on her family. But, of course, she had to return as co-CEO when her dad had to step down during the investigations. But now that Nick Khan's going to take on the role as CEO, but Vince will be just executive chair of the chairman of the board. Stephanie will follow now take some time as she posted out a thing on Twitter, which I will read from her tweet, saying, "About eight months ago, I took a leave of absence, and within a few weeks, I specifically had the opportunity of a lifetime. I had the privilege to return as the co-CEO and chairwoman of the board of WWE. I cannot put into words how proud I am to have led what I consider to be the greatest company in the world." 
And working alongside a remarkable leadership team and one of the strong executives I have known in my co-CEO, Nick Khan. Our founder, Vince McMahon, has returned as executive chair and is leading in exciting progresses regarding strategic alternatives. And with his next leadership and Paul Triple H Levesque, as chief content officer, I'm confident WWE is in the perfect place to continue to provide unparalleled creative content and drive maximum value for shareholders. WWE is in a such strong position that I have decided to return to my leave and take one step further with my official resignation. I look forward to cheering on WWE from the other side of the business where I started when I was a little kid. As a pure fan, I always remain dedicated to WWE. I truly love our company and our employers, employees, our superstars, and our fans, and I'm grateful to all our partners. Thank you for everything then, now, forever, stuff. So, as you see here, it looks like that wording is Triple H will still be in charge of content, which also means he'll be in charge of creative as well for the three brands. So, it looks like Vince is more on the strategic business side of the business. But... I won't be surprised we'll start making appearances on live television again. We'll have to wait to see, but it looks like for the meantime, he's going to be focused more on behind the, pretty much on the monetary side of the business. So, you know, thank you, Stephanie McMahon, for being part of WWE for so many years, giving us great content, being on screen, being behind the scenes. So, you know, hopefully WWE will be in good hands moving forward. Just remains to be seen what kind of Suitors will be interested in investing in World Wrestling Entertainment. Only time will tell. But don't worry, I'll keep a close eye on it. And like I said, always check the internet for any of those dirt sheets and see what happens. Um, one person that's also will, will like to keep a close eye will be AW President and CEO Tony Khan. And pretty much um, Tony Khan... He's keeping an eye on it right now, as right now he's on his own thing, trying his best to develop partnerships with, uh, try to get a better television deal with, you know, Warner Bros. Discovery, since Warner Bros. Discovery is going through a lot of uh, changes when it comes to content, and, you know, they got rid of a lot of IPs. I've been noticing a lot of the IPs that HBO Max had rights to are now suddenly appearing on Hulu and stuff, like Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, Family Matters. Just, like, a lot of these are coming towards other... Brands is showing how loose the licensing is getting for, you know, for Warner Bros. Discovery. This course, AEW, they're coming up with the Honor Club, which is going to have all Ring of Honor content as well. And, you know, Tony, and they just went to a new um, stage setup and everything. I like it to keep it in the wins and losses. But Tony Khan says they're according to reporters saying he's keeping a close eye on Mrs. Return to very closely. Especially, you know... See what's going on moving forward. Like right now, he's doing we'll try to get a new television deal with Warner Bros. Discovery and try to get more content made. Also dealing with the fallout of the All Out Brawl, which involves CM Punk and the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega. As you know, CM Punk is currently rehabbing an injury. Of course, recently he posted a picture that he's back in the gym rehabbing his torn tricep. It remains to be seen if he is somehow returning to AEW. I know um, Dax Harwood had a podcast called FTR. Which the first episode talk about CM Punk and the positive things that CM Punk did for him and his time in AEW, which kind of rubbed people a long way, but he feels that they should just bury the hatchet and move forward and work together again. Because it could be a good seven. You know, Punk comes back, helps FTR take on the Young Bucks. If Young Bucks do win tonight, as I was recording, it is Wednesday. Tonight will be the match seven of Escalera de la Muerte between the Young Bucks and, De- and Kenny Omega, the Elite versus Death Triangle. Pack, Penta, Cero and Ray Phoenix, and Escalera Mete for match seven for the Trios World Championships. Hopefully, that's a teaser. Hopefully, Punk does return teams of FTR to take on the Elite for the Trios Championships. That remains to be seen. But look forward to a great AEW Dynamite tonight, which is going to be taking place in LA, which Soraya teaming up with Tony Storm, taking on Britt Baker and Jimmy Hader as well. And we'll have to wait to see. There's a lot of good matches going on down the line as well. Check out tonight's AEW Dynamite on TNT, TBS, I mean, sorry. <laughs> and Rampage on TBS. Also check out their dark stuff on YouTube as well. So, other than that, that gets me from the wrestling side of things. Um, we're going to go to the anime side of things and talk about all the new winter anime that's coming out. A lot of winter anime, guys. <laughs> I kid you not. I'm barely catching up to current stuff right now. And, you know, try to catch up with this new anime. Some of them are continuations and some are just new ones. I've been reading more of our stuff getting licensed to be animes. Um, 
So I'm going to go over the winter anime preview that I got so far from my anime list. And then I'll talk about what shows I'm watching and what animes I'm watching currently. And what I recommend when it comes to manga reading. So before I do that, let's go on and take care of some ad reads, you know. Like this podcast is, you know, not only sponsored by Anchor, which is our whole our home platform, but also we do have sponsors, guys. And I'll let you know that this episode of the Franchise Talks is powered by Poddex. Poddex are unique interview questions and episodes starting prompts in the palm of your hand. So whether you're a new podcaster or an existing podcaster like yours truly, looking to grow your audience or get more engagement, you're going to want to check out poddex.com. Use the code Talk pop for 10% off your first order. Poddex are the hottest new tool for podcasters looking to have more meaningful conversations or gamify their podcasts. Simply shuffle up, ask a question, let the content roll. Get yours today at poddex.com and use the code TALKPOP for 10% off your order. Thank you so much to Poddex and our sponsor that we have. Take out the second read. It's ExpressVPN, guys. ExpressVPN. And you're probably wondering, what the heck is a VPN? It is a virtual private network. It protects your browsing and streaming with ease. You can install ExpressVPN on any mobile device, smart TV, laptop, desktop, even a gaming console. So if you're planning to use a public Wi-Fi or traveling, make sure to have ExpressVPN activated to protect you yourself and your data and browse safely. These are the statements that I, I, myself, I pull from their website. And I quote, when you connect to ExpressVPN, your internet traffic goes through an encrypted tunnel that third parties, including your internet service provider, hackers, government agencies, cannot see into. It helps for privacy. Keep your whereabouts to yourself and surf with a peace of mind. When you connect to any ExpressVPN server locations, you get a different IP address and can make yourself appear to be in a different country. Avoid price discrimination based on location and help keep your identity private. When you use a VPN to connect to the internet, it creates an encrypted connection known as a tunnel between your device and internet. It masks your IP address and uses this unique IP address in the tunneling process. That particular IP address is shared with thousands of other VPN users. This makes it virtually impossible for anyone to trace your activity back to you. By using a VPN, your own IP address is masked or scrambled by the VPN, protecting your location, identity, and online activity from anyone who wishes to find you through your IP address. Sorry, guys. Incognito mode does not help you out there. A VPN protects your privacy lets you browse securely, but what if your VPN connection gets interrupted? Your browsing or apps won't warn you that you're connecting without protection. That's where a VPN kill switch comes in. If it drops, the kill switch disables all internet traffic. It protects your IP address and other sensitive information from being exposed. Once your VPN connection is restored, your secure internet access resumes. ExpressVPN uses an AES known with a 256-bit key known as AES-256. That's an advanced encryption standard. It's the same encryption standard adopted by the U.S. government and trusted by security experts worldwide. To protect classified information, it will take a hacker hundreds of years to get your information. You can access geolock content using ExpressVPN by switching your location to 94 available international servers. Take me for example. I love anime, especially Studios Ghibli, but I have Netflix. I don't have HBO Max, but I found it's available internationally on Netflix, so what I do is I click on my ExpressVPN browser tool and switch my location to Canada. All I do is refresh Netflix, type in Spirit Away. Not only get Spirit Away, but I get access to Studio Ghibli films and also many other content that is geolocked based on my location. It's that simple. ExpressVPN offers 24-7 customer support. They offer a 30-day money-back guarantee, no hassle, no risk. Plans start $12.95 a month, $59.95 for six months, or the more popular $99.95 for a year with savings of 35% off a month. They offer the best-in-class security encryption. They have no activity logs and connection logs, so they don't even keep track of your internet browsing. They're rated 4.7 out of 5 on Trustpilot and Apple Store. Right now, listeners of the Franchise Talks get three months added for free by signing up using our link, ExpressVPN.com dot com slash talk pop once again as express vpn slash talk pop link information will be in the episode description thank you so much to express vpn so now well for the do we're 14 minutes in let's get talking anime guys and we're going to take where we left off next one we'll be talking about is based on a video game it's near automata version 1.1a which is based on the video game by square enix so let me go ahead and pull up the information for you. If you're not familiar with the story or if you're not played the video game, you must be living under a rock. This is by Aniplex Studios. 
of America. A1 Pictures is a studio. It's a genre. It's action, fantasy, sci-fi. It's a game. So far, no episode count has been announced. But so far, one episode is available. The Distant Future 5012. The sunny area invasion of Earth by aliens and their creations. Machine life forms led mankind to the brink of extinction. Some number of humans who took refuge on the moon to organize a counterattack using android soldiers to recapture Earth. However, the war reaches a stalemate as the machine life forms continue to multiply infinitely. In turn, humanity deploys a new unit of android soldiers as an ultimate weapon. Yorha. Newly dispatched to Earth 2B joins 99S, the analysts currently stationed there, where in the mid their mission they encounter myriad mysterious phenomenon. This is the story of these lifeless androids and their endless fight for the sake of mankind. So basically this is a basically anime adaptation of the game itself. I would recommend playing the game so you can enjoy the visuals. I did see the comparison between one cutscene from the video game and the animation. I've seen the trailer for it. It's phenomenal. You could check it out on any streaming service right now as you see fit. So check it out when you get an opportunity. And also play the game, which is available, I believe it's available on the Switch now. Also available on PC, PS4, and on PS PlayStation as well, or possibly available on Steam as well. So definitely check out Near Automata version 1.1a. Okay, next one is a continuation, which is a season two of a series known as Inspector Two, also known by its Japanese title of Kyoko Sori Season Two. It's um, produced by Nihonad Systems, Konasha, Clockworks, Tickle My Anime Store, King Records, Crunchyroll. BS and its mix. Studios by Brain Space. Sources of manga. His genres are mystery, romance, and the supernatural. Theme is mythology. Demographic is shonen, meaning male audience. It's slated to air for 12 episodes. Episode 1 is available. And you can check it out on Crunchyroll and our streaming services. If you're not familiar with Inspector, I will go ahead and let you know what it is about. Let me pull up the information. But this is season two. If you're not familiar with Inspector, that was actually one of my recommendations. So for you guys who have not heard of my anime recommendations, this is one of the recommendations I want you guys to check out. So I'm going to read you the synopsis for Inspector. This is adaptation of the manga. This is what the, the manga adaptation has. Hidden in plain sight, spirits known as yokai inhabit the world. While most are benign, a certain something that threatens the tenacious peace between yokai and humanity. Ever since she agreed to become their god of wisdom, Kotoko Iwanaga has served as a mediator between the two realms, resolving any supernatural problems that come her way. At a local hospital, Kotoko approaches Kuro Sakokawa, a university student whose long-term relationship ended with an unfortunate breakup. Kotoko harbors feelings for him and suspects that something supernatural lurks within his harmless appearance. So she asks Kuro for his assistance in helping out Yokai. Two years later, he uses an idol who accidentally crushed to death by steel beams, found a play of the press. However, months later, sightings begin to tell the face of someone who wields a steel beam. In this case, very supernatural problem, Kotoko and her partner set out to stop the spirit from wearing havoc, but this case may prove to be far more sinister and personal than they could have ever thought. So basically, season two. So basically, season one, the whole premise is they worked on this one case, but as you can see, it's kind of like, a, almost like Dr. House meets Supernatural, basically. Because the character wears like a cane. She has she had to give up certain things just to be able to talk to Yokai. But the, I mean, it's really interesting. The first season was great. I love the animation. So definitely check out season two of Inspector Season 2. Okay, the next one. This is like one of the new animes that coming out based on a recent work. Recently worked. It's not a continuation. So this one is called... Tomachan wa onanoko or Tomachan is a girl. Um, it's going to run for 13 episodes. It's currently airing right now. It's based on a web manga. It's by Studio Ladus. Produced by Aniplex, Sikakasha, Crunchyroll, Espion Edge, and Theme is School. It's comedy romance. Most of the story go Toma Aizawa and Junichiro Jun Kobota are the tightest bros you ever see. They row house. They rough house and spar, but even thick and thin, they have got each other's back. Yep, there's just one small problem. Tomo is in love with June. Since she was young, tomboyish Tomo has been just another one of the guys. Due to his, due to his extreme muscle brown nature, muscle brain nature, Jin does not notice any of her advances. 
Not even when she explicitly confesses to Addison's also injury. For the longest time, he did not even realize that she was a girl. Will Tomo ever be able to catch Junzai and escape the infamous bro zone? Tune in for more. So basically, this is where like it's a romantic comedy. But I kind of like for the fact that we don't get that many tomboyish characters in anime. So what makes this interesting to me that you guys should keep it out for is I'm getting into more romantic comedies. And I kind of like this. It's kind of like comedic humor. But I like for the fact that finally we get some... At least we get different personalities of different girls. Now we get to see more of the time boys because they don't get merely much respected in different manga or in different anime. So I kind of like that even a tomboyish girl can be romance as well, or she could be romantic as well. And she's trying her best to get with her friend. So it's like she, she's trying her best to do as much as she can to get her friend's attention. But of course, his friend just still sees her as, like I said, one of the guys. So I'm looking forward to see how this anime rolls out. It's going to air for 13 episodes. Definitely check it out on Control and other streaming services. Okay, next one will be... This is a long title, guys. Sorry. This is not another continuation, but... It's currently airing right now. Um, it's called... This is a long title. But I'll read the Japanese title and then give you guys the English title. Otonari no Tashi-sama ni Itsuno Manika Dame Nigen ni Saretetaken. Also known as The Angel Next Door Spoils Me Rotten. This is uh, by produced by Pony Canyon, Muvik, Toho Animation, Tokyo Mex, Good Smell Company, Pia, SB Creative. It's studios by Project Number 9. It's sources a light novel. Its genre is comedy romance with the school setting another school romantic comedy. Um, it's running, it's going to run for 12 episodes. It's currently airing on many different streaming services. After catching a cold by giving his only umbrella to a girl sitting in the rain, Amane Fujimiya always expects her to eventually return it. However, Marihu Shina, the angel of Amane's school and his neighbor, instead gives him a lot more than that. Instead of just the umbrella, she insists on returning the favor by helping him recover from his cold. However, she's oblivious to the battlefield that is Amani's apartment. The only word Mahiru finds from her mouth that describes the chaos is unsightly. But despite her unsympathetic description, Mahiru proceeds to help the hopeless Amani. Otanari no Teshis ni Sukramanaka Dame Nigen Sarasitaken Tals Amani is taken care of by Mahiru, who tends to various chores from cleaning his apartment to cooking dinner. Is there anything that the angel cannot do? So basically, it's one of the boy meets girl. Do get sick, <laughs> and the girl, even though his apartment is like probably like shit, she's still willing to help him out and repay the favor. So this is another one to comedy I do recommend. Like I said, I'm starting watching more of those now, and this is like a good premise when I first read it. I'm like, I definitely need to check this out. And also, if you're interested, read the light novel when it's available. Okay, next one is a returning series. This is Damachi Dungeonia Deva Montamero no Wa Machirito Daro Aka 4 Fukasho Yash Yakusa Shehen is a wrong to try to pick up girls in a dungeon season 4 part 2 basically is part 2 of the current season season 4 which looks like it's going to delve more into we use we use uh past basically um, we get to see more of her past based on what season four was having. So, if you haven't seen, is Ron trying to pick up girls in a dungeon? Definitely pick it up. The, like I said, season four kind of focuses on reuse, like past. Um, but if you're not curious what the the whole series is about, I did talk about it in the anime recommendations. But I will talk about it again for those who did not listen to that episode, just to get better sense. And why we should watch these seasons and why they matter. Basically, I'm going to read you the, the, the premise of the light novel itself. Because it's based on a light novel. In Rario, fearless adventurers band together to search a fame and fortune within the monstrous underground labyrinth known as Dungeon. While riches and renown are instead enough for most, Bell Cornell, would-be hero extraordinaire, has bigger plans. He wants to pick up girls. Is it wrong to face the perils of Dungeon alone in a, in a single-member guild blessed by a failed goddess? Maybe. Is it wrong to dream of playing hero to helpless maidens in dungeon? Maybe not. After one misguided adventure, Bell quickly discovers that anything can happen in the labyrinth. Even chance to comes with the beautiful women. The only problem 
he's the one who winds up the damsel, damsel in distress. So definitely check it out. But basically the whole thing is the gods decide to live among the children who are humans. They decide they all agree not to use their godly powers and establish guilds known as Familia. This follows Broken now, who's the only sole member of the Hestia Familia, who who Hestia is seen as kind of like not a big name god by the other gods. But she's happy that Bell's with them, with her, and she's kind of overprotected of Bell. And Bell, doing his best to try to become a strong warrior in a dungeon, ends up getting saved by this sword princess known as Ice Wallerstein. Definitely develops a crush, but he wants to do his best to work hard to get her attention. And of course, you see other gods from Greek mythology, Norse mythology, and Indian myth- Indian religion as well. Definitely check it out. There's four seasons, and like I said, part two is coming out later this month. But definitely check it out on your different signatures like High Dive and many more. It's going to run for 11 episodes, and it currently is there right now. Next one is Spy Koishista. Koishita. What you know is Spy Classroom. This is one of the new animes this year, also known as Spy Room. But basically, it is done by, produced by Nomovic, ATX, and Studio Matsuo, BSN TV, Karakawa. It's licensed by Sentai Filmworks. Studio Feel, Sources of Light Now, is an action comedy mystery genre. It's going to air for 12 episodes. And basically, what is this? After a gruesome war wrecks havoc on the German populace, the governments of the world turn to a mere. Turn to a more exclusive, elusive tactic to further their agendas, a war fought in the channels. Lily, a beautiful girl with white locks, is a student at one of the many institutions that train youths into becoming capable spies. Unfortunately, despite scoring well in, in the written exam, she only manages to barely pass her practicals. With no real-world skills to speak up, her hopes of graduating under this month, so she's offered an opportunity to join a mysterious team, Tomoshibi, and partake in an impassable mission. Excited by the possibility of working with the elite, Lily enthusiastically accepts. However, she is struck dumb when she arrives at Kagaru Palace, and the true purpose of Tomoshibi and his hopeless situation comes into light. Joined by problematic female spies, along with a mysterious young man spearheading the operation, Lily realizes that this is not the ideal escapade she had pictured. So basically, it's kind of like Spy Family, but only then now she's in the classroom for spies. So if you're into like spies and you want something to kill, um, pretty much give you that fix after watching Spy Family, do perfect command checking out Spy Classroom. It's something if you're into espionage with a little bit of possible romantic feelings in there and it looks like some comedy aspects will be taking place. So definitely check it out. Career on High Dive here in the US and many other streaming services around the world. Okay, next one is the romantic comedy. Like I said, it's a lot of romantic comedies coming out this time. This one's taking place in a school setting. It's the Sandy meaning adult, young adult. It's by Sentai Filmworks, Studio Pine Jam. It's based on a manga. The title's called Kubo Savwa Mowa Mowo Yuru Sadai. Also, Kubo Won't Let Me Be Invisible. High school student Junta Shirashi is a simple goal to live a fulfilling youth. However, achieving this goal appears to be harder than expected. As everyone in his surroundings often fails to notice him due to his lack of presence. In fact, Shirashi's lack of presence is so severe that people think his seat in the classroom is always empty. And mistakenly assume that he's often skipped school. There is even a weird rumor spreading around in class claiming that those successfully spot Shirashi will be blessed with good fortune for the day. What the heck? Poor kid. <laughs> so far, the only person who notices his existence is Nagisa Kubo. The girl's seated next to him. Unfortunately for him, though, Kubo likes to tease him on a daily basis. It often puts him in unprecedented, nerve-wracking situations. However, as Kubo's playful antics continue to involve the reluctant Shirashi, he may soon discover that his youth might not be as boring as Nishitat. It's kind of like similar to um, Ijirandi na, na, uh, Nagoto-san, or don't tell me um, Nagoto-san. Um, it's not Nagoto. Basically, where like the... The Kohai is picking on the senpai. We hear the two, the two, the Kubo's in the same class as um, Junta, so I guess she tries her best to tease him just to get him out of his shell. So it's kind of like there is like that, that comedic aspect at Rubatic Phoenix by later on. But kind of like, you know, instead of kid being like a wallflower and just being, you know, to a point that nobody even noticed him, she tries her best to pretty much 
getting them to be out there be more sociable so it's kind of like she's helping them in the long run so definitely check out this anime when you get a chance it's streaming on Crunchyroll and many other streaming platforms so definitely check it out I'm going to check it out myself I'm really curious about this one okay that one is another good situation like I said there's a lot of sequel animes um, this one is basically um, By the Grace of Gods 2 also known as Kamidachi ne Hiro wa Tereta Otoko's second season um, eh, the last studios is uh, done by Studio Maho Film. Light novel is the source. It's a fantasy style, slice of life, kind of like an isekai type reincarnation style. Basically, it's a continuation of the first of you know, Blessed by the Gods. Which, if you're not familiar, I will read you the adaptation of it based on the light novel. Under the protection of the gods, a relaxed life with slimes in our world begins. One day, a life on a middle aged Japanese businessman. Ryoma Takebayashi came to a rather sudden and disappointing end. Ryoma never had a blessed life. But after his death, the three great gods sought his cooperation and reincarnated him as a child in our world with swords of magic. Receiving a more cordial and divine welcome from the gods, Ryoma decides to live life leisurely on his own in the forest for the time being. Working diligently at magic and hunting, Ryoma's great passion comes to be researching his tainted slime, tame slimes. Training a variety of slimes, some newly discovered. The current rises on this easy-going life fantasy, celebrating a second life of kind people in our world. What I like about this one is there's no big bad guy. Like, there's no, like, mission. Basically, the gods, you know, took a liking to him because he spent all his life working and fought bathroom and decided, you know what? We're going to give you a new life in this new world. You're going to start over as a kid and... You're gonna have a life, and he decides to take that time, take that time that he has, and decides to train slimes and work on training slimes, and pretty much takes his time. He ends up running into people that he never noticed before, and basically tries to live a leisure life in our world. So it's kind of like it's not like the traditional isekais where a person dies and they get transported to our world, and they have to take care of this big, big evil guy. This is something that's like a kind of like you know, take it easy, slice of life. Kind of like the other one about. I killed thousand slimes for so many years. For I killed a hundred slimes for three hundred years to max out my levels. Kind of like that kind of same feeling. So he's pretty much you know just living life, working as spy like a slime research because he has the ability to tame slimes and ends up you know being in creative, intuitive these slimes. Like he has cleaning slimes, garbage slimes, you know slimes that will help clean, slimes that will take out dust, slimes that will eat garbage. Um, hunting slimes like he does his best and just like adapting to the new world and eventually he comes across people like across people this uh, family that you know take pity on him because he lives alone in the forest and decides to bring him on and have him stay with the family while to the point he starts getting similar to society again and tries to make a living in this second world so like I said it's one of those like Slice of Life type of shows. So definitely I recommend watching the first season before you jump into season two. The next one is called Kori Sasukese Danshi to Cool Na Doryo Yoshi, also known as the Ice Guy and his cool female colleague. This is kind of like comedy fantasy romance by Studio Zero G and Lieber. It's based on a web manga. So it's like a workplace type of comedy-esque Romantic in a work setting, actually. Kind of like, reminds me of uh, Love is Hard for Taku. What the koi. Um, basically, this reads as follows. Himuru is an office worker who belongs to a race of supernatural beings with strange powers. Whether he is deep in concentration, he subconsciously plunges his poor co-workers into a closed rendition of the Arctic. Even so, contrary to his icy powers, Himuru is a warm and kind person. He likes flowers and cats, but alas, he cannot get too close to either. Himuro has a soft spot for his colleague Fuyusuki, a calm woman who has a knack for providing simple solutions to his unconventional problems. Whether Fuyusuki does something for him, the snowstorm emotions builds inside Humuro's heart, and he fails to notice the raging snowstorm he causes on the office floor. Thanks to his snowy tantrums, Himuro's feelings are apparent to everyone but Fuyusuki. However, fueled by immense adoration and desire, Himuro is prepared to do whatever it takes to capture her heart. I kind of like this. It's kind of like almost like like a Frozen type thing. So it's a he's like a supernatural being that has powers. So it's kind of like it's kind of like a reverse Sakai thing where he's like a powered person trying to live a normal life and kind of like reminds me of Elsa from Frozen, 
He can't control his powers. Like Elsa has a hard time with her powers. So like this colleague tries to help him help him out and tries to get through him and stuff and he tries his best to like control his powers in the meantime. So definitely something you should definitely should check out as well. So definitely check out that anime as well. So definitely check that out. Okay. How many minutes we got going on here? Oh, 35 minutes. So we still got a lot of anime to cover, guys. Okay, the next one is a return of an old favorite, Trigun Stampede. Um, it's a new anime taking place in the Trigun universe. I think it's more like, I don't know if this is like a soft reboot, maybe a soft reboot. But if you remember the, the, the Trigun series, Trigun anime or the manga, definitely check this one out. It's by Studio Orange. It's an action-adventure sci-fi with the cast, the Democrat has shown it. So it's kind of like a prequel to Trigun. So let me bring you... You familiar what Trigun is? Basically, Trigun is much of the damage tribute to Vash is caused by activities of bond hunters or after the $60 billion double-dollar reward of Vash's head for destruction of a city called July. Vash does not clearly remember the destruction in July and only wants love and peace, as he puts it. Though he is a gunfighter of human skill, he uses his weapons only to save lives wherever he can. As the series progresses, more gradually learn about Vash's mystery history and the history of civilization on Gunsmoke, the desert planet the series is set on. The series is often serious in tone, but at the same time, it involves very serious character development, and especially in later episodes, it becomes quite emotionally intense. Vash's case is joined by a priest named Nicholas D. Wolfwood, who is almost as good at gunfire as Vash themselves. They are talking about a band of assassins known as the Gunho Guns for reasons which are mysterious at first. Trigon involves into a very serious discussion of nature and morality, posing questions such as what is the nature of morality? Can we judge different moral codes? If a person is forced to betray the moral code, does that betray value the moral code? And can the person still try to live up to that moral code? And can the person find out what wrongs they do? So definitely check that out. It's kind of like a reboot almost. Like the animation is kind of different. But if you want to check out the original. The original is available on Hulu, Crunchyroll. And one of our streaming platforms. So definitely check out the original. As well. So definitely check that out. When it airs. I believe it's on Crunchyroll and other streaming services. Okay. Next one is. I might make this a two-part, guys. There's like so many winter animes, so I'm trying my best to get through as much as I can. You know, we are in the first month of it, but I do want to give you guys at least somewhat of a preview of what's out out there. What to keep notes? Because sometimes you want to go for the mainstream ones, but I'll see if I, how much I can get through in this episode. We might have to do a two-parter or a three-parter. We'll see. Okay, next one is called Inu na Nitara Suki no Hito no Hirowatera, also known as My Life Is Inukai-san's Dog. It's going to air for 12 episodes. Um, it's done by Studio Quad. It's based on a web manga, which is comedy, etchy type tendency, produced by King Records. Basic synopsis They say a dog, every dog has his day. That's especially true for our protagonist, who just turned into a dog, now lives every day under the care of his crush, Inukai-san. She happily dotes on her new companion while he wants to return to human form someday. There's something wonderful about being cared for by the person he loves. So kind of like a whole reincarnation, but this time you're your crush's dog, basically, and try your best to be closer. But so much a dog can do, <laughs> and you get to see a lot of stuff from the dog's perspective. Yeah, there's some etchy elements. I kind of figured that was gonna be the case. A lot of fan service, but just like you just see, because dogs usually don't get much love in animes. Mostly cats do. So I can see another one, the dog one, another dog-esque related um anime. Okay, next one is. That is yet to be aired, but it's coming soon. Um, it's a continuation, not a sequel anime, um, which I'm gonna describe it by this Japanese title first, which is Shinshika no Mi Shiranai Uchi no Kaji Gumi Jensei. Also, the Fruit Evolution. Before I knew it, my life had it made season two. So basically, uh, season two, it's done by Glovision, produced by Glovision, studio hotline based on light novel. It's an adventure, fantasy, and romance here on Misakai. If you're not familiar with it, let me read the synopsis from the first season. 
One day, a man claiming to be the god suddenly hacks an entire certain school's intercoms, ordering all of his students to team up, prepare to be transported to another world. There, they'll be given special skills in the hopes they will become the world's heroes, defeat the demon king that ravages land. This will transfer his success. However, Shenshi Hiragi, who suffers from his classmates' constant bullying due to his somewhat undesirable appearance, is left behind as no one is willing to be his teammate. Nevertheless, the self-proclaimed god decides to send Shinichi to the parallel world and lets him join his peers. Unfortunately, this faithful dude causes Shinichi to arrive at a location deep in the forest, far from not only his schoolmates, but from the human civilization as well. This is really searching for a way to change his predicament. Senshi's miserable days always seem to continue to worsen. Yet, when all hope seems to lost, Senshi discovers a strange fruit known as the fruit of evolution, which would be the first step into a simply better life. This kind of turns to Arifueta, kind of, where the guy gets abandoned by his friends, ends up working to end up surviving for so long. But this one's kind of like, he kind of like, you know, he gets bullied. The guy took pity on him, gets to run around, and ends up finding his fruit. Not only changes his appearance, but he still keeps the same personality, but he runs across different people that he meets along the way. And ends up having, you know, like a fighting group as well. So definitely want to check it out. It's a little bit comedy-esque. You can check it out on Crunchyroll. But check out Season 2 when it airs. Looks like it's scheduled to air somewhere in the 14th of July, looks like. Uh, 14th of January, looks like it's going to air. So... Definitely check that one out when you have the opportunity. All right, next one. Let's see how much time we have, guys. How much time? Oh, we still got 10 minutes. I usually keep things an hour, it's kind of short. Okay, next one. This is probably the last one, and we'll probably continue this in the next episode, but I'm going to let you guys know what anime or shows I'm watching right now. But the next one is Nigen Fushi no Boko Sensha Tachi ga Senkai wo Suku yo desu. All those Nigen Fushin, adventurers who don't believe in humanity will save the world. This is based on light novel studio by Geek Toys, Adventure, Action, Fantasy. Story begins is the story begins with Nick, an experienced adventurer whose party is led by his mentor and father figure Argus. Following the completion of their latest job, Nick discovers that a chunk of the money has gone missing and realizes that one of the party members is the culprit. To his surprise, Argus forgives the member and instead expels Nick after being accused of also embezzling funds. One night, after several weeks in a downworld spiral, Nick ends up in a local town where fate leads him to meeting three fellow adventurers. After a night of drinking, the four bond over their own betrayals and their dis- destroyability. And destroy ability to trust anyone. This is where Nick hatches on an idea for the foreign them to form a party. Thus, the story begins with a party adventures uniting the belief that humans are bastards and deserve to make some desire to make some honest coin. I kind of like this one because it's like four people to get like pretty much they get betrayed by their groups, and they, you know, they they gave up basically they gave up on humanity. They don't trust people because they got, you know, blamed for things that they didn't do, get kicked out of groups. So they all have a common goal. Where they decide to form a party and it looks like they just um, decide, you know what? We're going to try to do better than our our guild members and pretty much try to make coin honestly and pretty much do our best to trust each other eventually and, you know, live on. So it's not it's your typical guy collect. This is like basically a regular fantasy world type setting. So if I get some fantasy type anime in there as well, definitely check that out. Okay. I think I'm going to do one more. Now we'll close out the episode. We'll do one more. Okay, last one is Buddy Daddies. Um, this one's kind of like an original. This is an original. It's um, by PA Works. It's an original source so that there's no manga or anything. It's by Action Comedy. Theme or Child Care Organized Crime. I get the feeling this is kind of the answer to uh, Spy Family, basically. Says your assassins, Kazuki, Kurusu, and Reisuru meet Miri, a girl looking for her father on Christmas Day. Kazuki, Rei, and Miri are end up living together. It follows Kazuki, Kurusu, a criminal contractor, coordinator, lives with his best friend. Reisu, a professional assassin who has been raised from childhood to be a contract killer. Kazuki is outgoing, loves gambling and women, while Rei is a man of few words who spends his off time playing the video games. One day, two buddies end up working for. Mini Unasaka, for your girl whose father is a mafia boss, after Mary accidentally wanders into a firefighting hotel while looking for her father. 
It's kind of like that whole two men, three men, the baby esque thing. But now these guys are like they work in like the contract game as assassin. But now they gotta protect this girl whose dad is a mafia boss because of course, now they're being caretakers now. So it's kind of kind of like that comedy aspect of it. So definitely check it out. I could tell it's probably inspired by Spy Family. People are saying this is like a. A yaoi type of spy family, so we'll have to wait and see. I mean, the, the poster looks badass, so definitely check it out on any streaming services. So now, I'm going to close out the episode by talking about a couple of things I've been watching recently. Um, Right now, I've been watching um the live-action adaptation of Alice in Borderland. I've been starting the manga. It's by Haru Russell, whose who's current work, Zom 100, A Bucket List of the Dead, is also getting adapted into an anime this year, and I'll be coming out in July, in the summer of of this year. But I want to talk about the the live action adaptation. Basically, I start watching. I'm like on episode four, of the first season. I know season two is out. I know there's a few things they had to change for practical reasons. I know the characters had to get aged up, especially Arisu, Chota, and Karube, because of the fact that they were kind of like that high school HX, especially also Arusagi as well. Because, yeah, they can't really... Because this this thing does have a thaw themes in this um, manga. So, of course, they had to age up the characters in live-action version. Make them, like, young adults. But I noticed they changed some of the games in this in the first episodes. Um, but some of it is true to the manga adaptation a little bit as well. It's just crazy how they did some few changes just to make it work and practical in the world setting. It's crazy how they filmed the settings in an abandoned Tokyo. It's kind of, it's crazy how they were able to achieve that. Especially with Tokyo being one of those dense cities. And just showing it in a live action form. I'm surprised that... I remember they did do an anime OVA for it. But that was just to sell the manga. But for them doing a live action version of it. Because you see live action or of animes or live novels usually doesn't get me so well. But to me, I'm actually enjoying it. I am watching it in Japanese. I believe they do have an English dub of it, but watch the original language to get a better feel for the characters and actually sounds better with the lip movements. Um, but I kind of like the cause I had to do with the gaming with them with using cell phones now as like letting them know what the visa is that to pick up phones every single time. So just to keep track instead of in the manga where it's just tickets that print out of this printer. So you could tell it's more like practical esque and just the characters themselves. It looks good. The development of the characters, like I just see, you get to see his development, being a slacker who doesn't want to amount to anything to avoid doing his best to try to survive. At this point, I don't want to give away too much. I read, I'm into the manga, also watching the live action. But I love the effects of it. I love the concept of these games. Like I said, they're different, different with the manga is. They keep, they did keep some games from the manga in there, but like I said, they probably tried their best to make it as practical as they can. They do keep the lasers getting hit from the sky. And I do like the actors they had play with train the characters. You know, they got, you know, the character Usagi Yuzua. They made, they got someone that has like an athletic build as well esque type person. So that kind of works. And, you know, for Netflix to get like a lot of like live action Japanese shows on there in its library, even Korean show dramas, even stuff that are based on webtoons or anime or light novels or mangas, pretty interesting. And again, a lot of anime out there, so definitely something I recommend if you're into like survival or esque type of games. Those life or death is kind of like Squid Game, almost an aspect of it as well. It's kind of like the precursor to Squid Game, kind of, but in a Japanese type of twist. If you want to read the manga, definitely check out the manga itself as well. This is Gold Digital. And check out the series. Right now, it's currently two seasons on Netflix, so definitely check that one out. Um, manga recommendation for the week I'm going to have to recommend Deadpool Samurai. Deadpool Samurai pretty much it is a Marvel that basically a manga spin on Deadpool himself as the Murph with work the mark with the mouth. This side, the whole premise is he gets um off gets an offer by the Avengers to, to help start up a group in Japan, which he reluctantly agrees to start up the Samurai Squad. There he teams up with a girl named known as Sakura Spider, which is Japanese version of Spider Man, basically female Japanese version of Spider Man. And he also, you know, contract an idol with a symbiote known as Kage. Now they must work together to pretty much take care of crime and to take on villains while protecting Japan. And of course, Deadpool's there with his rice cracks and jokes and tries his best to be a hero that he believes he deserves to be. 
So definitely, if you're into Deadpool and into anime, into manga as well, this I recommend this one. It's collected into two volumes. The writing is phenomenal. Artwork is great. It has that Deadpool humor, but with a Shonen Jump twist. And there are some cameos within the Marvel Universe and also from the manga universe that I don't want to mention. But it shows that Deadpool is an otaku because based on the references he mentions in the manga itself. Unfortunately, it's only collected in two volumes. I wish they could have kept going, but... I believe it was one of those like one-time collaborations between Marvel and Shonen Jump. So definitely pick it up in your local comic book store or bookstore. Deadpool Samurai. Definitely check it out. With that being said, 50 minutes in, like to keep things short and sweet. If you enjoy these short format episodes, make sure to tweet me on Twitter at podcult85. If you'd like to be part of the show, actually be interviewed by yours truly, make sure to uh, Email me, email email me at talkpop8520 at gmail.com. Check out the backlog of the episodes on Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and many other podcast platforms. Check out the merch store at talkpopculture.threadless.com. We have a Facebook page at talkpopfacebook.com slash talkpop8520. You can post questions on there as well, and I can try my best to answer them on the air. Like I said... We'll come back for more anime preview of Winter 2023 anime and many other pop culture news. As long as there's pop culture news, I will keep talking about it. Or, as long as there's anime, I will keep talking about it as well. Thank you so much, guys. I'll see you guys again next week. As always, geek on and take care.